Hey, you guys. Okay, so I'm really excited for today's topic. I'm going to be sharing 15 things that you can look for to help you determine if you're really in love. Um, a lot of you guys should be familiar with this at this point, but I'm a blogger and a podcaster. So me personally, a lot of the things that I choose to write about and speak about is coming from having done some kind of keyword research. So people are definitely looking for answers to this question, but I feel like a lot of the results that I came across in Google search results was bothering me because I feel like it's just showing that <sighs> I think people mix up what love is with infatuation. And when people talk about being in love, all the signs or supposed signs of being in love are actually a lot more like someone's in a honeymoon phase. I don't, I, I just don't get it. So I think everyone in the world is convinced to some extent that they know what it means to really love someone or be in love, whatever. I think most people, those people have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. And it really bothers me. Like the results that I saw were really getting under my skin and I don't know why I am the way that I am. But like I said before, I think people are mixing up being infatuated with actually being in love. And infatuation is, like I said, it's like the honeymoon phase. It's an intense, short-lived passion or admiration for someone. Ironically, I'm going to thank Google for that quote. But there's nothing wrong with infatuation. I just feel like people should know like, what it is they're talking about. Because you know, they experience all these lovey-dovey feelings. They're like, oh my gosh, I must be in love. Uh, actually, no, you're just infatuated, okay? Honeymoon phases are beautiful. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. I like them. I once was in a honeymoon phase. I get it. The problem is that people are using these superficial, temporary signs of infatuation as signs that the person that they're with is the one. And I feel like that's very dangerous very, 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 very dangerous. So before I even get into like the 15 signs or anything like that, I'm just going to share the signs that I saw in these posts that are really more so signs that you are infatuated with the person that you are with. Okay. I wrote about eight. There's probably a bunch more, but here's eight. Okay. So number one, you only see the positive attributes and you only care about the positive attributes. So you overlook the red flags and the deal breakers, and you're like, eh, this person's great. All right, number two, I'm so sorry about my sarcastic tone, by the way. I'm working on it. I really am. Okay, number two, you have an intense attraction. What I mean by intense is probably like uncontrollable. Like your attraction to that person is to such an extent that you can't control yourself. Number three, you show some signs of codependency. Now, I do want to add a little caveat to this. You know, like being really clingy with somebody could also be part of the nice little honeymoon phase. That's not a, you know, that's not a red flag per se, but it's there. All right. Number four, you get butterflies. Like when you're around the person, all of a sudden you're in a really good mood and you're super sweet and super pleasant. That's what I'm talking about with number four. Number five, you prioritize them above everybody else, which implies that there is no balance between this person and your other relationships. 
Number six, your significant other takes up most of your headspace. When you're with them, you're thinking about them. When you're not with them, you're thinking about them. When you're prioritizing things, it's them. That's number six. Okay, number seven, you're optimistic about your future together. Nothing intrinsically wrong with being optimistic about the future. I'm just saying that, let's see, you don't have realistic expectations about the future. So for example, when you consider marriage, you're like, oh yeah, it's going to be great. We're super compatible. Everything's going to work out fine. Nothing hard is ever going to happen in our lives. We don't even really need to talk about our expectations for the other person in marriage. It's just going to be good. It's just going to be easy. It's just going to be nice. Okay. That's unrealistic. Number eight, you become more affectionate. So nothing wrong with that as well. I'm just saying these are signs of infatuation. Like me. At some point, when I was dating my husband, that doesn't make sense. Me, at the time, when I was dating my husband, that's what I meant, um, I considered myself a very non-touchy person. Like, please don't touch me. Don't hold my hand. I don't really like PDA, like public displays of affection, especially in front of other people. Like, that makes me uncomfortable because I took a lot of pride at the time in being a very... I don't even know what that is. Like, I want to say tough, but it wasn't even tough. Like, just don't touch me. Anyway, but after some time, you know, I was like, oh, hugs and kisses are nice. It's nice to hold hands. So like I said, nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying it's a sign of being infatuated. And it's temporary. Like, stuff like that comes and goes, ups and downs, ebbs and flows, all that stuff. <sighs> now, I'm going to get to the root of probably one of the main reasons, um, why I feel slightly hot and bothered by all this. Um, first off, I feel like my standard of what love is, what love looks like, what love does, like all that comes from having experienced the love of Jesus for myself. So when I see a message of love that is so whitewashed, it bothers me. So like before I even get into the 15 signs and everything, um, I want to stress the importance, especially when you're dating, of taking care of yourself. Because if you're in a dating relationship and you're trying to think about how serious your relationship is, you want to make sure that you're moving forward with someone who is a true equal, especially if you're considering the possibility of marriage. Like, make sure you're with someone who is a truly, objectively good and truly wise choice. Like, make sure you're with someone who values what you would be willing to give and don't be quick to give your heart away over supposed signs of what it means to be in love that don't actually mean or indicate anything significant because when we get into this topic of love and being in love you're going to find out that it actually has very little to do with how you feel and in some ways it also has like very little to do with the other person or how much they deserve it <laughs> so feelings change we know this. And one of the ways that you figure out if you're in love is not by looking at the other person or what they do or what they say or what their effect on you is. 
you know you're in love by looking at yourself. Okay? And love is a choice. It's literally a choice that you make to value the other person. Okay, so we're going to dive into that in a second. But first, I did just want to share this story. Um, And it actually has nothing to do with my previous, like, um, romantic relationships. Like, this um, concept of love actually happened within family. Um, So, this is random, but I'm actually kind of grateful that I had this experience before entering into marriage because honestly in a very weird way I feel like it prepared me even more so to understand what love is so um when I was between the ages of maybe 11 12 um all the way up into high school and the end of high school um I felt like God was leading me like convicting me to demonstrate love in my own home and my home was kind of um unhealthy at the time and I need you guys to follow with me for a second because hopefully I'm gonna wrap a nice little bow around this whole thing but my mother married my stepdad when I was about 11 and I'm pretty sure once they got engaged we realized that none of us really got along. Like there was a point in my life, especially in high school, like by the time I was in high school, I couldn't look at him. Like I, the, I couldn't look at his face. I couldn't look into his eyes. I felt hatred. I saw hatred from him. And a good day was when all my emotions weren't wrapped up in feeling hatred towards somebody. Like I was just indifferent. Like a good day was when nothing significant happened at home. And when I was in middle school, um, which I've shared this story before, because I think this was a traumatic experience for me a bit, but he told me that um, he felt sorry for any man who wanted to be my father. And it made me feel unworthy as a daughter or a daughter type. So in high school, even like one argument got so heated um and kind of physical a little physical that he called the cops um it really wasn't that serious but it just escalated that much Uh, if he was in the room I'd leave on a daily basis we rarely talked and if we did talk it was only because it was like necessary and I remember going to church Wednesday nights for youth nights and I was like I was really going through it. Like God really led me through a process of forgiveness and like constant forgiveness. I remember having this little encounter where they were preaching about it. And my friend, my friend now, Michael, who was one of the leaders in the youth group then, um, was literally just praying for me and literally something within my heart, some kind of stronghold or something broke. And I ended up on the floor uncontrollably weeping like I didn't even see it coming one minute I'm just like chilling receiving a nice little prayer and then the next minute broken sobbing obnoxiously loud on the floor and from that moment on like God was dealing with me and forgiving this man daily and um I remember 
like the the environment in the house at the time was so uncomfortable for me that I'd be at church on Wednesdays um like almost desperate not to go back home. I didn't want to go home. I wanted to stay at church. I wanted to find God. I wanted to know what God was saying, what God was doing, like all those things. Um, so when I, th- I think I was about 15, I felt God dealing with me in a beautiful way and in a frustrating way and in a humbling way. And it's the way that he's always dealt with me. Um, I did feel him healing and humbling the parts of my heart that were broken. Like I had over the years built a very strong, resilient wall to protect myself. And that wall was just like breaking down. And, and I felt, I I remember, I almost remember God being like a father to me and saying, Hey, it's okay to cry. You know, like you don't have to, you don't have to be angry. You don't have to stay angry. All this intense emotion is coming from a very vulnerable place. It's okay to cry. I remember uh, we had finished an argument. Oh gosh, I really didn't mean for the story to take so long, but I remember we had finished an argument or whatever. Um, For some reason I had walked my mom outside and I was like sobbing and I was like, I really just need to take a walk. I'm going to go for a walk. Um, And I was just feeling my feelings. It was the worst. (laughs) So um, there were a bunch of little daily things that happened where I did things I didn't want to do for the sake of love. Um, I remember we had finished an argument. I went upstairs into my bedroom and I felt the Holy Spirit bothering me, excuse me. <clears throat> I felt the Holy Spirit bothering me. And yes, I have absolutely no problem saying it like that. Um, telling me to go apologize. And I'm like, what is there to apologize for? I'm not wrong. Like he's the problem. And still like apologize for your part. Apologize for what you did. And so I grudgingly walked downstairs and did the best I could do to apologize and apologize in the right way and apologize meaningfully. And here's my thing. In the end, I learned to love someone exactly how they were. And I learned what love meant by loving an enemy, by loving someone I didn't want to love, by learning someone, excuse me, by learning to love someone I thought did not deserve love and the benefits of love that they were getting from me humbling myself. And I did not do it perfectly. I did not do it seamlessly. Um, There were a bunch of times I messed up, so I'm not trying to portray myself as a saint or anything like that. Quite the opposite. I was a messed up person just learning to love another messed up person. But years later, particularly at the age of 18, when I went off to college, I feel like there's a Bible verse somewhere, which I would love to research. I'm going to try to find it. But love, genuine love, in any context, and especially with God involved, because God has to be involved. God is love. 
love transforms people and love changes people and love in that whole period of time was a choice there was absolutely no part of that that I felt like doing and so I wanted to share that because I feel like of course within dating this is why I said that it's very important to be very selective and be very wise with your choices that's important but when when love is involved in marriage this is the stuff to look for also so I'm sorry if it seems like I'm sorry if it seems a little bit jumbled there but you know I just kind of wanted to say simply like this is what love is <laughs> this is what love does and this is what love looks like uh, hopefully you guys catch my drift you know this part was not written in the blog so that's just a little extra so number one you have a solid foundation of similar values with each other um i'm i feel like i give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt and i'm convinced that the average person knows how to make the smart decisions and the best decisions for themselves when it comes to relationships i think the problem is that those same people who know better don't do better and they ignore the voice in the back of their head or the voices of people closest to them who truly care about them that tell them hey something is off something isn't right here um in dating there are many times where it might come up that there's like a blatant or dangerous red flag like any kind of verbal abuse physical abuse like that is a solid no-go for me any sign of that and I feel like the relationship needs to just end um but you know other red flags might just be things that only briefly pop up you know like that like there's not enough evidence that proves this point but this happened once and this seems like it could be a deal breaker but it only happened once or you know like things like that or even in discussions which you should be talking a lot while you're dating um discussions around things like marriage religion you know how you live out your faith family finances etc i am personally of the opinion that you can't really be in love with someone if you're not 100% certain that you've made the right choice for yourself. I feel like that's a big one, so I'm just gonna say it again. I am of the opinion that you can't really be in love with someone if you aren't 100% sure that you've made the right choice for yourself. If there's any subject of conversation in a relationship where you think maybe they'll change their mind about this, maybe this little difference isn't such a big deal, maybe over time, this thing will get better. Mm-mm. Nuh-uh. And I want to clarify, being 100% certain doesn't come with any guarantees. I think it just allows for, you know, if, if things work, if they don't work, at the end of the day, if you can look back on that whole thing and say, you know what, there's nothing about this that I would have changed for better or worse. I think I made the right choice. 
That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. So if you are not certain, if there is not a solid foundation of similar values, it's not given a lot of room for success. So love is allowed to be smart, okay? And especially if you are Christian and you're trying to be led by the Lord in this, um, I just want to add another little piece of advice in addition to love being allowed to be smart. Um, sometimes even a good one isn't the God one. You know, sometimes even a good one isn't the right one for you. All right, number two, you are a whole person all by yourself. Um, this can be kind of triggering for some people because we are all familiar with the idea that relationships are 50-50. One person gives 50%, the other person gives 50%. That hundred is what makes a relationship work. Please hear my heart in this. Okay? You need to be a whole person. You need to know that you are complete already. That you are worthy already. You need to know that on your own and with God, you have everything you need. And everything else is just an added benefit. So... Going into the relationship expecting the other person to fill up the parts of you that are empty or lacking is going to set the whole relationship up for failure. You want to take care of yourself and be full enough on your own so that you can pour out from a place that's already overflowing. And if you're really in love, you'll know that. Um, let's see. One, two, three. The third one is that you are healthy. This is another sign that you could be in love. Um, I came across a verse in Proverbs that's kind of been in the back of my mind for a couple weeks. <laughs> it compared a good man and a bad man, and it said, even the kindest acts of a bad man are cruel. <laughs> we're all human, we're all flawed, we all make mistakes, so I'm not talking about little imperfections. But we do have to be healthy people because even when an unhealthy person, hopefully this brings it all together, even when an unhealthy person is doing seemingly nice things, if they're coming from a broken place, they're going to stay broken. Like that's going to come out at some point. So we each in relationships have to take care of ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of those things need to come into play in order to love another person past being able to just say, hey, I love you. Like, this is how you know that you're able to love the other person well. Because if we aren't healthy, then all we're really offering is a love that is self-serving and possibly toxic. If you're healthy, you don't get jealous of the other person. You aren't proud or rude or selfish. You are completely and utterly and consistently genuine. So a good person with good contentions can be completely convinced that they're in love. But real love, the kind of love that actually lasts, 
can only come from a truly healthy person. So I don't know if you've ever experienced relationships where, um, where someone like, and even this could be relationships, friendships, family, whatever, where someone says, I love you, or hey, you know, I love you, right? But there's literally not much else to show for it, or the way that they express it is just unhealthy. Um, if you know, you know, that's just what I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, the next one, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to lose count. I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, the next one is you have reasonable, which also implies realistic, expectations of the other person. So because you love them, but also love and value yourself, you don't accept anything less than what you deserve. That's important. Okay, let's see. This is one, two, three, four, five. All right, we're on number five. You are patient with the other person. Love is patient. Love is not easily irritated. So you're not quick to get angry. You're not quick to take offense. You show great patience and great kindness. And even when the other person may not necessarily deserve it and when things get difficult, you show great endurance in loving the other person and making an effort through all of it. All right, number six, you are consistent. This is what I mentioned before. You are consistent. You are steady. You're not, um, what's it called? There's a word for it. I just can't remember. But um, if you had to describe your relationship and if other people had to describe your relationship looking in from the outside, it wouldn't be described as a roller coaster. So a way that you can tell if you are in love if, is if you present yourself to this person in a gentle and consistently kind way. All right. Another way that you can tell that you are in love is if you're not willing to give up on them. So being healthy, being whole, and having a solid foundation in the relationship are all prerequisites to this point, okay? All those things need to be in play in addition to this one. And I say that because it's super, super important to be careful while you're dating. Make sure you truly know the other person before you even start considering the concept of a lifetime commitment. So if all that's true for you, then another sign that you're really in love is that you are unwilling to give up. It's not so much about how you feel anymore. It's not so much about the other person's um, worthiness. It's just about the person that you've chosen. You have become sure of yourself. You're sure of the other person. You are assured that you've made the right decision for you. You've seen all there is to see. You've gone through it all. And despite any reason to leave or despite anything that might happen in the future, you can actively look back on that moment where you decided this is it. No matter what, I'm not going to give up. That is a sure sign of love. And the reason for that is because you've officially made a choice. Okay, the next one is that you are flexible with the other person. You don't demand your own way. You're not stubborn. 
Um, you're not the kind of person who has to have, um, like the last say or anything like that. You're willing to compromise and you're willing to be flexible. Um, another sign that you might be in love is if, is if you've actually gone through good and bad times together. So I personally kind of get concerned if people say one or two things about their relationship. One, that they've never had a disagreement or two, that they've never really gone through any um, tough times, bad times, stressful times. Um, I feel like going through both good and bad times is one of the truest tests that we can face on earth like regarding time like going through good and bad times is a test of time that's what I'm trying to say so it's not just about if you've made it through those times it's also about how you made it through how you guys remained intact throughout that whole process so has the quality of your character changed has the quality of your loved changed or has it remained the same like through all those ups and downs like what is the effect on the relationship. The next sign is that you see the other person as a true equal. No one is seen as better than the other or worse than the other. You see the other person as someone who adds value to the relationship. You acknowledge the areas where they're strong and where they can partner with you and you appreciate um, the things that challenge you also. You value how they think differently, how they behave differently, how they see things differently. Um, there's like an appreciation for their character, their faith, like all those things. Um, being able to see value in that is a sign that you're in love. Another sign that you might be in love is that you forgive. You don't hold grudges. You don't keep score. You don't remind them of all the infinite amount of times that they failed. You set Obviously, when you're dating, you set healthy boundaries for yourself and the other person. Um, when the other person makes a mistake, you forgive. When you make a mistake, you apologize when you're wrong. It's as simple as that. Uh, the next sign that you might be in love is if you are, in fact, actually able to see the other person through an objective lens. You see the other person just as they are. You see them accurately. So that's not to say that you can't also see their potential, but it means that you truly have eyes for the person that's right in front of you. You know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, you know what their biggest flaws are. Um, you're aware of all the things that they do <laughs> that bother you. You know, you don't have to overlook the bad character traits. You know where they could use some growth in addition to knowing where they're super, super successful. Okay, another sign that you are really in love. And yes, this might sound kind of familiar. Um, you make plans for the future together. But this is where it kind of takes a step up from simply being infatuated with someone. Like it's more than just about having a good feeling about the future or being able to just picture what it would look like. This little tidbit right here, like you're actually making plans. You've had 
thorough discussions about what the future will look like. You've had the opportunity to talk about what would be required of you to make all those things that you're picturing in your mind a reality. You discuss expectations, things that you want to have prepared, all those things. Like your plans for the future are filled with intention and wise choices that will set you up for the highest chance of success. You leave nothing up to chance. You're not making moves based on probability. Like you're moving forward and each decision that you've made shows the care and the respect that you have for yourself and the other person. The next little sign that we have here is that you would choose them every single time. So a sign that you're really in love is that you're aware of the fact that there are plenty of other fish in the sea. There are plenty of other options out there in the world. And knowing that does absolutely nothing to change your decision. It doesn't matter. And this isn't it like all these little signs, like they all should be blending together. Like all of these really come together. Like I'm trying to trying really, really hard to paint a picture for you guys. But even after seeing like the annoying parts of this person, the worst parts of this person, the frustrating parts of this person, um, and whether a relationship thrives and lasts forever or ends at the end of the day a sign that there was really love involved is that you chose them you know and you would choose them again knowing every single thing that you know now you would choose them that's huge okay another one let's see oh my gosh i think this is the last one this went by quicker than i was expecting um you make choices. Love is about making choices. So you make choices to love them even when you don't necessarily want to. So again, since I'm writing this post for people dating and I'm speaking to people who are probably dating, um, I'm going to use this point, this final point, as a reminder to be careful and extremely thoughtful about who you give your heart to who you give your time to, who you give your attention to, um, because this is another sign that your love was real, is real. Um, if the person you love disappoints you, you still love them, and you still make choices to love them. If the person you love betrays you, you still love them, and you make choices to love them. If the person you love breaks your heart, you still love them. If the person you love suddenly feels a whole heck of a lot more like an enemy, you still love them. And it's not because they're the best thing that ever happened to you. And it's not because you're desperate. And it's not because they deserve it. It's just because in your heart, you've already made the decision. You've already chosen them. And you'll choose to love them under every possible circumstance. Um, real love, biblical love, love that looks like Jesus, reminds us of Jesus, sounds like Jesus. Real love never gives up on people. It never ends and it 
never loses hope. And it will literally endure everything. So, yeah, I wasn't really intending for this whole thing to be so inspirational sounding, but those are the 15 things to look for. Those are all the signs that you are really and truly and utterly in love. I hope that was insightful for you guys. I'll probably see you in the next one. (laughs) 